Fear and doubt are crippling for a kingdom citizen to be everything they can be in Christ Jesus. As we go through today's episode, we'll be learning about the power of Jesus as the overcomer of fear and doubt. So I hope you hear from the Lord. Become even more established in the faith and live out your full potential as a kingdom citizen. Let's go. Welcome to the Kingdom Citizen Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Phillips. I want to ask you a question. What are some of the things that you're afraid of? Now, really think about it a second. I know for you guys that are watching or listening, you want to be macho. Uh, for, some, for some of the audience, they're like, oh, no, I'll tell you everything. But what are the things that really, I mean, deep down into who you are, it produces unhealthy, crippling fear? And then when you think about that, ask yourself this. Why am I afraid of these things? Seriously, if we believe what we believe and we know these things to be true, where do these fears come from? And why do they produce such crippling fear that can lead to doubts about who God is and who we are and who we are in Christ and the power he has to change our life? Man, I want to be transparent with you a little bit and just kind of let you behind the veil into my life. Uh, and hopefully that'll encourage you because here's what I'm going to ask you to do during this episode. I'm going to ask you to get very vulnerable when it comes to fear and doubt. And so I think I should lead the way. I have had a recurring dream that I know has to say something about who I am and my upbringing and the insecurities and scarcity that I faced as a child and even as a young adult. And this recurring dream, it, it starts way out there like a lot of dreams do, but it always comes back to the same spot. I'm in my childhood home. There's this sense that I need to protect everyone and people on the outside that mean to do us harm are trying to come in through the front door. So wherever the dream starts, it always gets back there. And when I start approaching the door, the door is coming open. I throw everything I have against that door to push it closed. And it just has that little bitty frail lock on it that a lot of indoor doors have. And as I'm reaching and pushing and they're pulling and trying to get in to do us harm, I reach and just about the time I click the little lock, they overpower me and bust the door open. And then I wake up. I have had this crippling recurring dream since as far back as I can remember. It's produced a lot of fear in my life. Um, I was scared as a child growing up. I carried that fear into my marriage. And when we were first newly married and living on our own in our apartment in what was called the safest town in America, we were scared to death every night. Somebody was going to break in. And I had that recurring dream over and over. And when I think about where this fear, this dream came from, and the doubt that it caused in my life, I've never experienced a home invasion. It seems an irrational fear. Yet we all know ourselves really well. And when I think about myself, I know that recurring dream and that sense of fear and the doubt that wells up with it. It comes from a deep place inside of me where I've yet to let the power of God overcome my sense of fear, frailty, 
and the doubt that I have about who God is and who I am in Christ. You know, I think a lot of us who are followers of Jesus, who strive to be kingdom citizens, just like the first followers of Jesus, we live with a uh, amount of fear, maybe even a lot of fear in our life. You know, those early followers of Jesus, they were afraid too. But Jesus proved that he is the son of God. He is who he says he is. And he has the power to overcome all of our fears and all of the doubt that is produced because of the fear we have, not believing and trusting who our God really is. So in today's story, we'll see the power of Jesus and Jesus' power over nature and his ability to overcome all of our fears and all of our doubts. So as we jump into this story, I'm hoping today for me and for you, we can get to a lot of freedom. Like I said, when we began the episode, fear and doubt is crippling. So as we get into this story, it's freedom that we're looking for in this. And I want to let you know, that recurring dream, I can't remember the last time I've had it. But I know this, when I started really understanding who Jesus is and believing in that power he has to change my life, I feel that fear dissipating when my knowledge and understanding of who he is and his power alleviates the doubts that came into my mind about who I am in Christ and who Christ is in me. So let me set today's story up to get ready for what God's going to do for you as you get vulnerable, allow him to help you overcome fear and doubt. So in the story we're about to listen to, Jesus and the disciples, they've been traveling to many places. They've been teaching thousands of people and he just fed over 5,000 people with just a little bit of food. But his followers still had a hard time understanding who he was, that he was the son of God, that he had the power that could change their life no matter what the circumstances. Now in this story, we're gonna see how Jesus continued to prove that he is indeed the Son of God, and he has power over all things. Now, before we get into the story, I want you to be really listening for a few things. I love when we get into story mode in these episodes, but don't let it just go in one ear and out the other. I want you to really hear the story. I want you to transpose yourself into the story, and to help with that, really be listening for a few things. I want you to really catch and see who are the characters in the story? What were their names? What were they experiencing? What were they going through? What was Jesus trying to do in their life? There's a lot for us to learn in there about him as the overcomer of fear and doubt. And as you go through the story, really be listening and processing about what this story teaches us about the power of Jesus. Where do we see it? How do we see it playing out? How do we see it manifest? Let's grab hold of that and know him in his power. And be listening to the story the whole time asking, how do I need his power to be at work in me and through me right now? Now, as you're checking all these things out, listening for them, grabbing hold of them, let's get into our story from God's word. As I want to tell you the story of Jesus the overcomer of all fear and all doubt, found in John chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 14. This is the story. Jesus, the overcomer of fear and doubt. 
after Jesus fed all of the people, he and his followers got into a boat to go to the other side of the sea so he could send the crowd away. Then Jesus went up to a mountain by himself so that he could spend time alone with his father and pray. When the evening came, Jesus was still up in the mountainside praying, but the disciples, they were about six kilometers away from the shore out in the sea in a boat. And at this time, a big storm came up over the whole sea and the water became very rough and it was about three o'clock in the morning. Strong winds and waves were coming against the disciples' boat and they were afraid. They were afraid for their life. And in the midst of this storm, suddenly the disciples saw Jesus coming toward them, walking on top of the water. The disciples seeing this they were terrified and, and they cried out in the most human way they could. Ah, it's a ghost, they said. But Jesus called back. He said, don't be afraid. It's me. They were having a hard time believing this. And finally, Peter yells out from this shaken boat in the midst of the storm. And he called out and he said, Master, if it's really you, then tell me to walk out to you on the water. <laughs> Jesus said, yes, come to me. And Peter stepped out of the boat and he too began to walk on top of the water toward Jesus. And on that step-by-step -step journey, when he saw how big the waves were, he got scared and he began to sink. And sinking in the midst of that storm, he cried out to Jesus once again and said, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. He, he, he took Peter and he said, you have such little faith. Why did you doubt me? Then Jesus and Peter, they climbed back into the boat. The storm immediately stopped. Jesus' disciples on that boat, they expressed their worship to him and proclaimed, you are the son of God. After this, they arrived to the other side of the lake and the news of Jesus' power spread quickly and widely throughout the whole region. And this is our story of Jesus, the overcomer of fear and doubt. Man, I love this story. It's a classic one. If you grew up in it with a church background like I did, you've heard this story a thousand times. But today we're going to look at it in a whole different perspective, not just something cool that happened, not just Jesus walking on the water, not just uh, something Peter did that was wild and crazy, but to look at it from a whole new perspective of saying, okay, what can we understand about the power of Jesus that can truly change our life when it comes to this crippling effect of the fear that we live with and the doubt that it produces when we think of who Jesus is and who we are in him. So let's break the story down a little bit and look more at Jesus' power to really help us overcome fear and doubt and just see what this means for us to follow him, to be transformed by his power 
and then be established in the faith as a kingdom citizen, a true follower of Jesus. Because that's what we want, man. That's what I want for you in this whole podcast, for you and I and all who are listening to say, I am living now as a kingdom citizen, being prepared for the kingdom that is to come. And listen, listen close. In the kingdom, there is no room for fear and doubt. So let's let the Holy Spirit of God vanquish that fear, vanquish that doubt in our life, and prepare us to live big as kingdom citizens. Now, as we get into it, here's what I want us to do. I want us to think about the different people in the story. This is a great way to really take a look at a story, kind of break it down, and see what we can learn from it by these real-life people that were interacting in the story. All right, so I want us to take a look at them. We're going to go kind of group by group, and here's what I want you to do. As we talk about these characters, I want you to pay close attention because I know when I do this in my personal Bible study, I start to see a little bit or a lot of myself in some or all of these characters. So let's use that today to say, Lord, take this character and vanquish fear and doubt from my life and grow me up as a big faith kingdom citizen. Here's the first ones I want us to look at in these characters. And that's the followers of Jesus that were on the boat, right? You can imagine this was the other 11 disciples out of the 12, not counting Peter. These these other followers of Jesus that are on the boat. You know, when I think about them, the the only one got out and walked on the water. Only only one cried out in in the way he did. So what were the other 11 doing? You know know when Peter stepped out of that boat, they were like, don't do it, man. they, They were holding on for dear life. And when I think about the 11, and I see myself associated with them, I see 11 guys living a life in the confines of fear and doubt, blown and rocked by every wave that is breaking against their life, by every fear-producing circumstance that they find themselves up against. You know, When I look back over my life and I think about the people that were closest to me, I see us living in the confines of fear rather than living in the open fields of faith. And I wonder why that seems so appealing to us. You say, what do you mean, KP? Fear is appealing? You know, sometimes the confines and structures and parameters and walls that fear have built up around us, we sense that we're building them up and we flip them to see what we're keeping out. But we're not conscious of everything that we're not letting in. And those confines, those parameters, those self-reliant structures, those coping mechanisms we create that fear and doubt have helped us to build They limit us from everything that God wants us to have. And as a kingdom citizen, he's saying, it's an open field of faith, not a restrictive confines of fear where we build up walls of self-protection to keep so many things out and to allow nothing to come in. Man, those 11 were living in a certain confine. It was a small wooden boat on a wild and crazy lake. What's the confines 
that fear has produced in your life? What are the self-imposed boundaries that you put up that have been established, not by faith, but by fear? What are the restrictions that have built up around your life that fence you in to a parameter that's really organized around doubt rather than blowing out those fences and seeing wide open fields where I see them and I step into them and I work them in faith over fear. Guys, I'm hoping today that as you as a kingdom citizen can see those self-imposed, fear-producing walls and confines and that we could start to lay them down. I'm going to give you some help with that as we go through, but let's keep looking. You know, not only do we see the 11 on the boat counting Peter, we see the confines they're living in on that lake that were confines of the mind, constraints of the heart, and parameters established through their life experiences, their religion, and just who they were at that time in relationship to Jesus. But they weren't the only ones out on that lake. And listen, no matter what you're going through in life right now, no matter what the ratio of fear is pulsating in your heart, and the parameters of doubt that go through between your ears and your mind, just as they were not the only ones on that lake that night, you are not the only one going through your circumstances because Jesus took himself and put him right in the midst of it. You see, Jesus is there, and we see him as a major character in this story. And what I see in Jesus that I want to help you understand, he is not afraid to send us into a storm. You say, wait a second, that doesn't sound like the Jesus that I've created. Well, that's the Jesus of the New Testament. That's the Jesus of Scripture. He is not afraid to send you or me right into the midst of a storm to build our faith, to get us prepared to live now and live forever as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven where there is no room for fear and no need for doubt. He wants to build our faith to be fit for the kingdom. He's not afraid to send you into a storm. And if you're in the midst of one right now, listen, you need to know this. He's not afraid to walk into it to get to you. He's not afraid to walk right in the midst of that storm and join you right there to be the object of your faith. You see, faith without an object is useless. And when Jesus is building up faith over fear, when he's bringing up truth over doubt and a conscious understanding and reliance instead of doubt and wondering, Jesus says, I want to be, I must be the object of your faith. So for these guys, he pulled off something that was never seen before. A man walking on the water in the midst of a situation that terrified them. And he's not afraid to step right in the midst of the storm with you to grab your attention and become the object of your faith. When Jesus became the true object of my faith, it wasn't just the faith of my family. It wasn't just the religion that I was supposed to espouse to. But when Jesus truly became the object of my faith, 
I was able to put my full confidence in him. I was able to trust him in the good times and the bad times, in the smooth sailing waters and in the rough raging seas that I would find myself in at any given time. And I started seeing Jesus right there in the midst of my storm, calling unto me, step out and come to me. Listen, when we see Jesus in this story, he is not afraid to call you to live beyond your fear, to live a life of big faith for a big God. You know, as you know, probably know in our story, my wife and I, who are just about to celebrate 30 years of marriage, we were at a wedding in Beaumont, Texas, many, many years ago of some dear friends of ours' children. And it just happened to be about a month or two before we were to take our family and move to the Middle East on one-way tickets with about half the money we thought we were going to need to pull it off. I mean, you talk about a lot of fear. we I'll be honest with you, there were some fears. Uh, there was a shred of doubt. I mean, well, there's probably more doubt than we'd like to admit, but we had some doubts, right? But even in the midst of the fears we had, and even in some of the self-doubt we had, and even wonder what God was going to do, we put our face to the wind. And we said, you know what? We think we need about this much money to pull this off. Uh, and we only raised half of it. So we just kind of decided as a married couple, we said, okay, if you only have half the resources you need to pull something off, what do you do? You either don't go or you tighten your belt. So we went to this wedding with some friends, kind of the last thing we were doing before we went overseas, got to see a lot of our old friends and people we loved and cared about at this great wedding. And while we were there, uh, we sat down at a table we were assigned to, and there was a pastor that was there. And uh, this pastor, you know, he, he kind of had a certain way of looking at the world. And um, I think he was concerned about us and maybe he had fears and doubts as well. And he challenged my wife and he challenged her right at the fears and the doubts that a wife and a mother of three young daughters would have when they're about to give away everything they own on the face of the earth, move their family to the Middle East, uncertain of what would happen and have a one-way ticket to get there and no resources to get back. And this, this person, he looks at my wife and I'm kind of listening, I'm trying to eat some food and we're at the table he looks at my wife, and he's kind of a gruff fellow, and he's like, uh, so, Brooke, uh, I hear you guys are moving overseas. And she said, yes, sir. He goes, well, how are you doing on your fundraising? She goes, we're about halfway there. Well, when do you leave? She goes, we leave in two weeks. He goes, well, what are you going to do if you don't get the money? She goes, we leave on July 15th. He goes, well, yeah, 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 I understand all that. Yeah, that's fine, and that's fine and all good. But if you don't have the money, what are you going to do if you don't get the money? And she put her fork down. If you've ever met my wife, she's real sweet. She put her fork down. She folded her napkin up, put her hands on her lap. And with the most stern yet smiling and committed look she had on her face, she looked right dead in his eyes and said, we leave on July 15th. Man, I remember being so proud of my wife that day. I know, I know, I was there. I know we had some fears. <laughs> we had some fears. I know we had some doubts on how it was going to all go down. But faith triumphed over that fear. Determination superseded doubt. 
and a reliance on our God, a spirit dependency was the best posture we could get in than any parameters or walls or fences or seeming safety that our fear and doubt would try to produce. Man, I thank God that faith won over fear that day. And we stand now at the airing of this episode. When we set out on July 15, 2009, we had zero disciples made. And right now, as the airing of this episode, we're about to hit our one millionth person reached through our ministry within the last 14 years. Guys, there's something that fear and doubt will produce. There are seemingly walls of safety that they will build up, that they don't hold a candle to what faith and dependency on the power of Jesus can do when we posture our life to be yielded to him, trusting him, letting him be the overcomer of fear and doubt. Man, what's God want to do in your life? when he breaks down those walls we've built, when he gets you out of that realm. And that's what he was trying to do in Peter's life. As he put himself into the midst of Peter's storm, let's just take a look and really look at what went down when we see the character Peter. Maybe we see a lot of ourselves in Peter in this. You know, it didn't start off really well. Peter sees Jesus, everybody freaks out. Peter steps up. But his expression was a bit odd. He's still living in the parameters of fear when he expresses, if it's really you, if it's really you, do you posture yourself before Jesus that way? Do you posture yourself with questions before Jesus that are more fear-based than faith-based? You say, well, no, maybe he was saying, oh, if it's you, bring me. He's saying, hey, if it's really you, bring me out because he didn't get very far. The questions were postured with fear over faith. And man, when when you're in the midst of the storm and that grace from God comes your way where you get a glimpse of Jesus doing something that may blow your mind in the midst of it, that's going to demand faith and obedience from you. How do you posture yourself before him? Listen, I want to give you a posturing that's really designed more of an overt faith expression than approaching him with our historic avenues of fear or self-preservation or doubt. And then what we see in Peter is he overcame it. He did step out. I can't, I really can't believe he did it. He stepped out and he stood tall on top of the wind and on top of the waves. He stood tall. He walked on the water. He's approaching Christ. Man, I wonder what the guys on the boat were thinking. I wonder what he was thinking. He's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm out here. Up until the time he put his eyes on the fear-producing circumstances and started sinking in a sea of doubt. Here's my question for you. You're in the midst of a storm. You catch a glimpse of Jesus coming to you In that storm, you step out to come to him at his request. As you take your first steps, small steps, as the demand to take increasing steps, 
as the circumstances mount up stronger in opposition, where are you putting your gaze? Where do your eyes go to? Man, do you start looking back on those crippling circumstances? Do you start to drift to what could be, what is the realities of your own mind and your experience over that of the reality of the infinite power of Jesus? Where are you putting your gaze? Listen, can I encourage you with this? It's to see Jesus in the midst of your storm, to lock eyes with him and never let go. I want you to think about playing a staring contest with Jesus. I'm going to look into his eyes and I'm not going to blink. I mean, I'm so transfixed, so focused. My eyes are on Jesus. Wind, waves, do what may. My eyes are on Jesus. Reality starts to creep in. Hey, I'm living in a different reality. I'm fixed on Jesus. My eyes are upon you. I have fixed my gaze. Why would I look to anything or anyone else? Hey, I think that's the goal. But we're being real here today, right? So what happens when I lose the staring contest? Jesus never took his eyes off me. But what happens when I blink, when I flinch? When I turn to those circumstances and let their reality become my reality? Hey, guess what? Peter helps us out here too with three power-punched words. Sinking in a real sea. For us, sea of doubt. He said, Lord, save me. He cried out with a statement of faith, with a statement of dependency, and with a statement of surrender. So here's my big question for you. What do you need to change or do to know Jesus in his power as overcomer of fear and doubt? You know, for the power of Jesus to help us overcome this fear and this doubt that is so crippling. We need to understand the relationship between faith and doubt. Jesus said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? And here's the reason we're asking the big question. Why is a lack of faith or withholding faith or redirecting faith such an offense to Jesus. <laughs> He's like, why do you have such little faith? And why did you doubt me? Why does this seem to be such an indictment to Jesus? Here's why. And here's why it's important for us to break out of those self-imposed parameters and live by faith over fear and doubt and make Jesus the object of that faith and live big faith lives as kingdom citizens because doubt is directed at its object. And in this story, the doubt was in Jesus. It was in his ability. It was in his person. It was in his character. It was in his love. And when we do this like Peter did, in essence, we are taking our eyes off Jesus and we're turning our eyes, we're turning our trust, we're turning our confidence, we're turning our faith towards someone or something else. And when this happens, we always sink. 
When we lose sight of Jesus, we forget, we dismiss, we deny his power to change our lives. So how do we practically put our eyes back on Jesus, fix our gaze straight at him as the only one who knows and the only one who can give the power that can change our lives? Well, we do what Peter and the others did in the midst of that storm. If you remember the last part of the story, they cried out to him in humility, like Peter did as he was sinking. Then on that boat, when Jesus calmed the wind and waves and it stood still, they gave him the worship that he alone is worthy of. And we need to do the same. In the midst of the storm, will we go through a storm, or even when we start to sink and by his mercy and grace, he lifts us up, and the storm is calmed in spite of us. We humbly posture before him. We give him the worship that he alone is worthy of. And the third thing is to believe in who he is and what he has done. Then you'll be postured before God to overcome fear and doubt and walk with Jesus through all of life's storms with faith and confidence standing on the solid rock. This is a classic story, but I hope today it can be a tutor to you to help you overcome any debilitating and crippling fear and doubt that has got you off track from being everything God wants for you as a kingdom citizen. Listen, Jesus is the overcomer of fear and doubt. Today we've learned how to posture ourselves before him, how to walk in faith over fear, and break down those parameters that have been hemming you in. I want you to go from here and live big faith as a kingdom citizen for our big God. Thanks for tuning in today. Come back for our next episode. We continue to learn about the power of Jesus that can change our life. And between now and then, I want you to go and be in it, but not of it.